Look, our brains are great at lots of things, but remembering passwords is not one of them, especially not secure passwords. Let's free our brains from being password managers and get something way better. 1Password. One 1Password one keeps everything private and in sync across multiple devices. 1Password can't see the passwords or sensitive information you store in 1Password, so they can't use it, share it, or sell it, and neither can anyone else. I've been using 1Password for about 10 years now, and it's made my life so much easier, especially using it with Touch ID and Face ID. It's the first thing I install on any new phone, computer, or tablet I'm using for myself or my family. And all you have to remember is one strong account password that protects everything else your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. And I love that something I use to save me so many hours I can't even count them all is something you can try too. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash beyond for your growing business. That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash beyond. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to onepassword.com slash beyond. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week I'm talking to my friend, Grant Baldwin, of the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Grant's thing is just helping you find the confidence to do the work that you love. So it's kind of a hybrid of finding your calling of Jeff Goins and the finding the work that you love from Dan Miller. And so if you like either of those guys or both of them, like I do, then this is going to be a really fun episode for you to listen to. Before we get into that, I want to give you my lynda.com of the week course suggestion as a tool for you. Google just recently, within the last week, announced that they're coming out with something called Google Photos. One of the great things about the people over at lynda.com is they are on top of things. Would you believe they already have a beginner setup for how to get started on Google Photos? It's got a, a level set as beginner. It takes you a little over a half hour plus to find out all the different things about what you can do, how you can do it, setting it up on your iOS or Android devices, how you can set it up on your computer, how you can view and organize your collection how you can edit your pictures, how you can share your photos, and next steps. It's really cool. So if you're interested in getting up and running with Google Photos, and again, the cool thing is, is lynda.com literally is coming out with handfuls and armfuls, really, of new courses every week. I'm shocked every week when I get the email. Check out our new courses this week. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's like, I, I feel like it's Netflix with Tons of stuff for learning and watching to learn and experiencing. It's, it's just great. And there's all these different levels with beginner, intermediate, expert, advanced. You can, you can jump in on whatever topic it is you want to learn about at whatever level you are at to learn about it. And to take advantage of their free trial, you could easily knock out this Google Photos and many, many more in that trial and get hooked, trust me, by going to lynda.com slash to do that's lynda.com slash t-o-d-o go check it out get hooked on lynda.com like i am lynda 
linda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com slash T-O-D-O. This week, I am talking with Grant Baldwin. Grant, welcome to the show. What's up, Eric? Good to be here, buddy. So we had the privilege of uh, hanging out in Indianapolis. What was that? Two months ago? Something like that? Yes, fairly recently. I was uh, passing through town for a speaking engagement, and we I think we talked a little bit online before. And that's one of the nice things about what I get to do is, uh, as a speaker and travel around. And, and every time I'm in a different city or market, I'm always like, okay, who lives here that I know or know of? or uh, I'm just able to, to reach out. So yeah, we, we hung out, had a good time. Yeah, it was fun. We, actually, we even did my, well, second trying of meerkat <laughs> that's, what I was just, that's what i was just thinking of i was like what did we that's what it was. i was thinking and we did it, like, wrong. it was a pair it was a periscope but we did yeah. meerkat yeah trying we, to figure it out and people and tuned in while we, we were holding playlist. it the right way but it was the wrong way apparently for the which made no sense because holding it widescreen you could see both of us sitting there in the car holding it vertically which is the only way people could actually see the full whatever broadcast made it so we had to get really close and that was awkward so it was adorable, especially in a front seat of a car, you know, and there's no middle seat and <laughs> sitting, anyway. sitting in, a, in, a, in a random gas station parking lot trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, I know you from the How'd You Get Into That podcast, which you've had some really good ex- success from. And in fact, how many episodes are you on now? You're we're at uh, we're at, we just passed the hundred mark. Yeah. So probably uh, probably around a hundred and uh, 115, something you're, like that. You're more so. prolific than than I have been over the past. I just passed one hundred, and you know I should have been closer to two hundred by now. But uh, we're know. we're about a year in at this point, yeah. and uh, we've been doing two episodes a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Well, and there it's you been go. A, you've, it's been you've a lot been, of fun. You're on steroids. You're you're keeping it steady, but also doing more than one a week. So. We're, we're we're not the crazy like do it every day or one an hour or anything. We, we haven't got to that point yet. So I'm I'm good with two a week right now. We're able to maintain that pace and and uh, not kill ourselves. So so far so good. My curiosity is this, and I said this to you when we saw each other in person: is this, how did you get into how did you get into that? If people could follow that sentence. It is. It's a very meta thing. Uh, yeah, I actually um I I've been a speaker for for many many years and uh, about seven eight years full-time and uh, always enjoyed being a speaker. And so as I travel around the country, I'd speak at 50, 60 different events a year, uh, a lot of conferences, conventions, um, speak at some, some colleges, some high school events, some entrepreneur events, some events that you and I have been at together. And so I'd, I'd speak at a lot of different events and people would come up and ask me, hey, I'm just curious, how did you get into that? And, and so sometimes people I'd find were interested in becoming a speaker. And so they, were, they wanted to know, how would I actually go about doing what you do? And then other people were like, I don't want to be a speaker. That's just interesting and fascinating that you make a career from that. Uh, and I would love to know, like, how, how do you get into that? And so I find myself, uh, I found myself asking other people the same thing. Like I'd meet someone that was doing something just fascinating, you know, and I'd be like, how, how do you go about getting into that? I don't want to do that, but that's just, that's just unique that you make a living doing that. So how did you get into that? So I started just paying attention to that. That question came up everywhere. And I was like, that'd be a really, I listened to a ton of podcasts. I was like, that'd be a really cool idea for a show of just interviewing people that are doing something unique, something interesting. Um, so we've got some random type of careers. We've got a, a guy that's a professional Etch-A-Sketch artist. Um, we've got a different uh, uh, cartoonist. We've had travel hackers. We've had uh, podcasters and bloggers. We've had uh, a guy that runs a coffee shop, a guy that, that produced events for the White House. Um, we had a guy that played in the, a couple of different Super Bowls and has won the Super Bowl and lost the Super Bowl. And so like all these just type of like random things like I – 
I don't know that I do many of those things, but like, how, how do you go about getting into that? So it's been a really cool thing to be able to listen to so many different people's stories and journeys. And, and you know, even if you weren't interested in doing what it is that that person's doing, uh, just being able to pull some lessons from their story, from, from what they went through. Uh, and I can oftentimes see parallels in my own story and, and so much of the audience can see parallel, parallels and what it is that they're, they're going through or dealing with as well. That's an excellent point. I hadn't even thought about that aspect of it. Um, that is one of the things that I really enjoy listening to podcasts for is for the ability to get a hold of somebody else's story and to see parallels in my own and to see parallels maybe where they're already down a track that I'm not yet on or we're on the same track, I should say, and they're further down on it than I am. And to be able to say, oh, well, that's how they did it. And not to say, oh, they've got, they've now become a blueprint for my life. It's that there's this mosaic of all these different stories that you can look at and, and get wisdom from, especially in this area of what we decide we want to do or, <clears throat> excuse me, how we get into that, that work right. that we want what? to do. Well, and even you kind of alluded to it. We, you know, we just had our our hundredth episode um, a couple of weeks ago, and so for the hundredth episode, we I went through and pulled out ten themes that I've noticed uh, through all of the the different interviews that we've done. And so you've got a those first hundred are just totally random, different careers, and some of them are mainstream, and some of them are just totally off the wall, random type of, of careers. But there's these commonalities and these themes, and 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 everyone that's trying to find and and do work that they love. And so just being able to say, okay, even though that person's um, uh, wanting to go into firefighting and that person's a party planner and that person is doing a nonprofit and this person's doing juicing and this person's a Disney expert. Uh, there's still like these, these just common threads among all of them as they're trying to make a living from doing something that they love. So, I mean, the overarching theme is we all have to work. We all have to make a living. We all have to do something. Why wouldn't you do something that you enjoy? Because there, there's far too many people who live life where it's like, thank God it's Friday to, oh God, it's Monday. And they just live life like that year year after year after year and like if we all have to make a paycheck from somewhere like why wouldn't you do something you enjoy you know we're 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 recording this on a on a monday morning at the time and so it's like you you know both of us have the opportunity to get up and be like, oh man, Monday sucks. I hate Monday. There's so many people who woke up this morning who are dreading today, who are dreading the entire week, who are living for the weekend, but it's like I look forward to Monday mornings. I'm excited about Monday mornings because it's the chance to say, I, I can't believe I get to do something that I really, really enjoy. And so, you know, one of the, the core beliefs that we have is that, uh, everybody has the ability to do work that they love, but it doesn't mean that they, that they will. You know, some people, it's just, we'll just settle for, uh, the status quo and just kind of go through the motions. And, uh, so hopefully sharing people's stories and journeys of how they got into whatever it is that they're doing, uh, encourages people to find out what that thing is that they, they're passionate about and would love to do. It's funny you mention it being a Monday because one of the ways that I got into podcasting uh, that nobody, I think, has ever heard this story. Back in college, I did a radio show in the evenings on Monday nights, and I called it, uh, based off Office Space, A Case of the Mondays. <laughs> nice. Very so, nice. I think that's the thing. I think that's – I was talking with Dan Miller, actually. I got to see him and hang out a little bit back in uh, March at Social Media Marketing World, and – we were talking about this, and in fact, he'll be back on the show some point soon here. This idea that we all want to do – we want to escape the – the I don't want to say structure because that sounds too um, – we almost see the structure of a day job a, and going to a specific office and, and having bosses as a 
like a restriction. It's it's less structural sure. than it is restrictioning. And we we think, okay, well, I'm going to leave that behind me and go do. I'm going to go pursue my passion. I mean, there's so you you type in the word passion, and I guarantee you on the front page of Google, there's going to be you know however many, and th- th- there's probably somebody writing one right now. <laughs> a, a blog post or recording a podcast even. And this is sort of meta because we kind of are. Um, not recording a podcast. We are definitely doing that. I'm talking about talking about following your passion. <laughs> um, the idea that you have to do that and if you don't do that, you're a loser. And if, you, if you're not doing that, why are you living? And, and I mean that's, a, that's how some of those sound – like sometimes, you know, and it's sure and, sure. and they want to be motivational. Some are, sometimes they're instructional and all of that. But I, I, what do you think about this? Because I don't know that you I mean, have you gleaned anything from that as far as your guests? And what's your story a little bit in terms of that? Yeah, growing up, um, I, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor had a really big impact in my life. And I was like, I want to do that. Like if, if I can, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with life, but if I can make a difference in the life of someone else, that seems like a really cool gig. So uh, I went to Bible college, was a youth pastor for a little bit. Uh, and parts of it I enjoyed, parts of it I didn't. And so after I, I left that position, I found myself in kind of a, uh, you know, I guess you could call it a quarter life crisis where I was going, okay, I went, I went to college to do this thing. I got into this thing. It's not what I signed up for, uh, but I'm not really sure what I'd rather do instead. And I I found for those next several months, it was a really, really difficult time. And so I was, you know, I was doing a lot of just soul searching. I read Dan Miller's work and, you know, reached out to Dan and would would try to read those type of like passion driven, you know, blog posts that we're talking about or listen to the podcast or, you know, read books on those subjects and topics, just trying to figure out, all right, what am I supposed to do with my career? What am I supposed to do with my life? I've got my whole life ahead of me. Uh, And so I started kind of looking around and it seemed like there were so many other people that were in a similar spot of going, you know, I, I, I signed up for this job. I signed up for this career. I signed up to start this business and I got into it and it's just not what I thought, but I feel like I, I feel stuck. I feel like I'm supposed to keep going down this path because I know for me, like I invested all this time and money and energy into this, this college degree that then, uh, I was like, I don't know that I want to go back into it. So is the past four years that I spend on that like useless or yeah. like, you know, and so you're just trying to figure out like, what do you do next? So you know, uh, I kind of landed on speaking and speaking was something I, I really enjoyed, something that I felt like I was good at. I liked entrepreneurship, was able to kind of pull a couple of those things together uh, and have been able to, to make a really successful business out of it for the past several years. But I, I just remember that time, that that interim time of going like, well, well, now what do I do? I just felt like I was back at the drawing board of going like, I'm, I'm you know, 20 something. I've got my entire life ahead of me. But I don't, I don't know what I want to do. And so there's so many people that email me, that listen to the show, that reach out, that would say, Grant, if someone would just tell me what the... Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com 
indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic? For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply crap I'm supposed to do with my life. I will gladly do it. I just don't know. Or it's the type of thing where it's like, I've got 97 different interests or possibilities or options. And I, I, I don't even know how I begin to pick one. And I'm scared if I do pick one, I'm going to pick the wrong one or that I'm going to regret the other ones. Uh, and sometimes we just feel like like picking a, uh, picking a passion or picking a career path is like this permanent thing. But like when you stop and you think about it, there's very few people, like let's say you go to college, uh, let's say you work till you're 22, let's say you, you, or you graduated around 22, let's say you work till you're you know, 65 or so, you're working 40 plus years there. So the average person will do a variety of different jobs in 40 plus years. There's, there's hardly anybody in this day and age that will do the exact same job for their entire career. Like most of us, we have a, a lot of different interests and passions and the stage of life and phase of life changes and evolves over time. So I, I think it's in some ways, uh, it's not fair for us to put so much pressure on ourselves feeling like I've got to decide today what I'm doing for the rest of my life and that can, that can never change. And instead of feeling like, I'm going to like people ask me now, like, what's your five year, 10 year plan? I was like, I'm going to keep speaking as long as it's fun. But when it's not fun anymore, then I'll do something different. And that's okay. Like people that are listening to this right now, if you hate your job, start to think through it doesn't mean that you're going to quit your job on Friday. And on Monday, it's all going to magically work out. It's this process you really got to work through and think through of going from figuring out, you know, what am I good at? What am I passionate about? What am I? What do I enjoy doing? What kind of environment do I want to be in? You know, not everyone's made to be an entrepreneur. There's plenty of people that are like, they're, they make really, really good employees that just want to do something that they enjoy for a company that they believe in. Uh, but a lot of it just means that you're, you're taking the time to answer some of those, those deep questions for yourself that a lot of us, we just don't take the time. We're just kind of looking for, if someone would just tell me what I'm supposed to do, it would really simplify things rather than trying to do the hard work myself and trying to figure out what that next thing is that I should do. Yeah. Well, a lot of people think, okay, well, if I jump ship from whatever day job it is I have right now, you know, if they're if they're a work at a work at a an office type person and they're a cubicle 
dweller that, uh, oh, well, that means I need to now become an entrepreneur. That's what that article that I read said I needed to do. Um, <laughs> thinly veiled through, you know, selling somebody something, I guess. I don't know. Right. Um, but I mean, there, and there's a lot of people that come to the conclusion that they want to work for themselves. But, uh, I mean, being an entrepreneur and working for yourself is, you, there, there's, it's beautiful some days. And when it's really good, it's really, really good. And when it's bad, it's really, really bad. And so you have to kind of learn to stomach that. So not everybody's wired to do that. That's okay. You know, my, um, my dad's an entrepreneur, but my mom isn't, you know, she, wants to uh she she'd prefer to work for a uh for a, for a company and she's worked at a hospital for her entire career and she works really really well in that she does great in that type of setting so you know there's some people that would prefer the consistency of it rather than trying to create their own thing so you know finding your own passion or finding what it is that you're supposed to do with your life doesn't necessarily mean it's going to land you as an entrepreneur it may but it don't feel the pressure that you have to you have to do that yeah and i think here's the thing it may not be a specific thing that you like doing. It may be that you just thrive either on your own in an entrepreneurial style or thrive in a team environment and you join a small business or some other place that you like what they're doing better than what you are doing. Yeah, exactly. And there's, there's, I think that's one of the important parts of it. You have to figure out not only what you're passionate about, what you're good at, what you enjoy doing, but figuring out what kind of setting you work best in. You know, there's some people that uh, they need to be around other people. They need to be a part of a team. They need to be either a part of a team or leading a team. They need to be a part of that. Other people are like, I'm, uh, I, I don't want to interact with anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to be around my 19 cats and that's fine. You know, you just got to figure out how you work best. Not only this, the, the, the people that you're around, but also the, uh, the type of so do you prefer working from home? Do you prefer working at an office? Do you prefer working at a coffee shop? Are you better at, in the mornings, in the afternoons, in the evenings? Uh, or, like if you, if you figured out all of this and you figured out that the setting that you're currently in is the exact opposite from your, uh, your ideal setting, then it, it doesn't make sense. So you want to figure out how you, not only you know, what you should be doing, but also how you should be doing it and making sure that you're setting yourself up for success in that way. So how did you find out that your ideal setting was standing in, bunch of, in front of a bunch of people? talking to yeah. yeah it is a it is a, when you stop and think of it, it's a very random career like people pay me way too well just to run my mouth uh which is just a, a bizarre type of thing but um i i always i liked the idea of speaking in college uh i you know gave a couple of 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 just talks like in classes like oh, that's kind of fun i really enjoy that and there's some people you know the the overused stat is that you know the, the public speaking is the number one fear even ahead of death and uh I, for me though i just i enjoyed it you know it was something that was still yeah you get nervous and still it's it can be a little stressful but it's just it's kind of fun i really really dig it so i uh I, as a youth pastor i got to do some speaking i got to speak in you know to students and then also got to speak in like this main service from time to time on, on sundays just a typical church service and so it's just like this is this is fun is it possible to make a living doing this and in college actually i worked for a guy who was a um who was a speaker and i was kind of handling some of the back end stuff so i was handling like the logistics and details and um contracts and travel and all that jazz. And, um, so just got to kind of see like, okay, it is possible to make a living doing this. Uh, and so after I, I left the, the youth pastor position I was in, um, I just started kind of Googling and just trying to find like, who are other people that are doing this, uh, and doing it in a way that I want to do it. And I think that's a really, really important thing for people to, to look for, uh, is if you're trying to figure out 
what it is that you want to do, start just looking around, not only just like within your sphere of influence, but, but online and Google or Facebook or wherever, and just trying to find like who's someone who has your, the career you would love to have or the business that you would love to have. And not that you would repeat it or you just copy it verbatim, but just saying, okay, that's, that's at least a model that I know that exists. Uh, and it doesn't mean necessarily that, okay, I see them doing it. Therefore, you know, they occupy the whole market and I can't. It just validates like, okay, if that person can make a living from it, then surely I could do something similar. And so I met a lot of other guys that were speakers that were traveling around speaking at the type of conferences that I thought it'd be a good fit for. Uh, and so that was a very eye-opening, illuminating thing for me was going, what do I want to do? But then when I found some people that were just like, like that's it. Like they have what I want. They have that dream career, that dream business, that dream job that I want to have. Uh, and again, I think that's a, a great lesson for for anybody. And that's why we we I like doing these types of uh, episodes on our on our on our show is showing people stories and journeys because I know a lot of listeners would come across someone else's story and journeys and like they have my career, they have what I want to do. So hearing how they got into it is encouraging for someone else to know how they could get into it as well. A lot of people are wondering, okay, well, I don't necessarily have a fear of public speaking. I know personally I don't. I actually get a thrill from it even though I'm an introvert. So that's weird in and of itself. Yeah, it's like acting to me in a way. No, I, I totally agree. And in fact, I'm the same way. Like I, I'm on, on stage, you know, you can um, – you, you kind of match the environment, uh, but off stage, I'm very quiet. You know, I like hanging out with people. I like being around people, but I also like not being around people. So <laughs> when I travel, I'm very anti-social. And I think, I think, like, if someone just randomly met me while traveling, I think they'd be surprised to hear that you know my job is to talk because I don't like talking. Uh, so I, I, I lot to go to my head on my head. I just want to go to my uh, hotel room and and be by myself. And uh, and so I think that you know that 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 that's fine for sure. All right. So some people are wondering how – less how but more what do you speak about? Like how do I figure out what I'm going to speak about? How do I – how do you do that? How do you decide – you know, what have you been into? I know you were going to see some high school kids uh, when I met you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of uh, – you got to find a balance there of what – what you want to talk about and what people would uh, would pay you to talk about. And actually, to take a step back, I think it's important for, to, to kind of figure out uh, why you want to speak in the first place and kind of how you want speaking to fit yeah. into your, your business and life. So in my case, you know, I speak full time. I speak, you know, 50, 60 events a year. Uh, and it's it's in large part how we've made our living for the past several years. So I have to be able to speak about things that uh, not only I'm passionate about and interested in, but also people are willing to pay me for. Whereas for other people, they may say, I I would, I, I've got an existing business or an existing career. I don't want to speak at 50, 60 events. I'd love to speak at five, you know, maybe five just to, because it's fun. Like in your case, it's just fun. I enjoy doing it. I want to, it kind of scratches that itch. Um, or for other people, it may be like, I, I've got an existing business. And so I want to talk about some of, of what we do and helping people with it. Maybe it helps promote a, a product or service that we have. So when you understand why you want to speak, then it helps to to bring some clarity to uh, how you can go about marketing yourself. So for me, uh, you know, I'm I really enjoy I really enjoyed 
motivational talks. And I enjoy helping people take ownership, taking responsibility of their life. Uh, so I speak to a lot of high school students, speak to a lot of college students. Like I said, speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners as well. Um, so it kind of depends on the audience that I'm speaking to. But a lot of it is just about uh, taking ownership, taking responsibility, responsibility of your life. Uh, we do a lot with careers as well, uh, especially with, with high school and college students, helping them think through where their life is headed, uh, helping them think through like college and navigating that, how they're going to pay for that. Uh, so just some of those like basic life skills that um, you know, you're, you're growing up, you're headed towards graduation. Now what? What are you going to do now with the rest of your life, uh, both for high school and for college students? So, um, so that's a lot of what we talk about. But again, I kind of arrived at that conclusion for me and what made sense for me by figuring out not only what do I enjoy speaking about, what are the topics I'm interested in, but also what are the topics that are out there that people are, are being paid for. So if I would say, hey, I'm, I'm really interested in speaking about um, underwater basket weaving and I'm really passionate about this subject and topic. Um, that's great. That's adorable. But it's, it's going to be really, really, really hard to find people that will consistently pay me uh, to talk about those things. So you want to have a balance of what am I passionate about uh, speaking about as well as what does the market allow. So I hear you saying, <laughs> so I do about 50 speaking dates a year and somebody listening to that would say, oh, so you only have to work about 50 days a year. That's awesome. What do you do with the other 300? <laughs> and I'm sure that, you know, your wife and family would disagree. <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. Yeah. So I, you know, like last year, for example, I spoke at 67 events, um, which is, which is a lot. And so you typically, if, if I'm going to speak at something, oftentimes it, it's going to require some level of travel. So like in your case, uh, whenever we met up in, uh, in Indianapolis, um, I think I think I flew in that morning. We met, and then I, I don't think I was speaking until the next day, maybe per, perhaps. Um, so, in, like in that case, that that's a whole day gone, and I wasn't speaking that day. You know, you and I were hanging out, um, but I didn't even speak till the next day, and then flew home. So, I, yeah, I was gone, or I spoke one day, but I was gone two days. You know, so sixty-seven multiplied out, that becomes a lot. In addition to, uh, you can't just put up a, you can't just say, okay, I want to be, I want to be a speaker. And so I'm going to build a website and then I'm just going to sit back and wait for the phone to ring and the offers to come in. And, and this is, this is cake. Like it just, it doesn't work like that. If you build it, they will not come. So you have to go out and continually market yourself and promote yourself and put yourself out there. So I spend a lot of time, even still today, like years later, continually trying to cultivate those relationships and those leads and trying to generate business so um, that we can continue. You know, we did 67 events last year. That's great for last year, but you know, I, last year's won't pay for this year. So I have to continue to, uh, to continue to build and generate business. Um, and there's just a, there's a lot of details that go into every single event. So there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes uh, in addition to just getting on stage and, and talking. And I think there's obviously the, as you do it more, you're higher in demand. And so you would be paid more for each one of those. So you'd have less that you have to do. You'd still want to do it though, if you're having fun doing it. Oh, um, yeah, I was going to say totally. I mean, the, the longer you do anything, the, right. the better you become at it. Ideally, the more you could charge for it, the more the market would allow for it. But then also the easier it is to market. Because at this point, I mean, there's been hundreds and thousands of people that have seen me speak. So there's a lot of business that we generate from word of mouth, from referrals, from people that, you know, I just did something in, uh, well, in fact, the, the event you saw me at in Indianapolis was an event I did like five or six years before. It was like one of the, the, Maybe been longer, like six, seven years before. It was one of the first things I did early on in my career, like the first year or two. Um, 
And it was a, it's a different person that's in charge of the event now. And, and so somehow they'd come across my name or seen me in an event. And so they, you know, they bring me back. So that's easy. It's easier years and years later. But like in that case, uh, you know, it's five, six years in between the time when they, you know, they bring me back. So you get some repeat business, you get some referrals, you get some word of mouth, but it still requires you to go out and, and hustle. So let's talk a little bit about how the perspective that you're sharing here jives with your season of life that you're in. You know, you're what, how old are you? You're 33, 33. 33. Okay. So, and I'm, so I'm 37 uh, as of like a month ago or something. Anyway. Nice. And isn't so it weird? Like the older we get, like I, you I know. really like as a kid, you're like, oh, I know exactly like to the decimal point how old I am. But now you're like. Am I 30? Am I 34? I don't know how old I am. <laughs> like, even when you start subtracting, you're trying to do the math. Like, yeah. I don't even know. If, I know I'm in my 30s and I think early, but I, uh, even that, I'm not 100% on, but I'm pretty confident uh, I'm 33. So, you've been doing this. I mean, how long have you been married? That's the other key piece here. Okay, well, I got married pretty young. We were actually, we were high school sweethearts. Uh, we started dating when I was 15. Uh, wow. And get married on us. So, uh, I was 15. She was a 17 year old junior in high school. So, what's up? Uh-huh. Come on now. Hashtag follow. Uh, so we, we <laughs> dated, we dated for five years. We got married when I was 20. Uh, so we've been married for 13 years. So we've, we've been together for 18 years, like over yeah. half my life, which is, is awesome and crazy all at the same time. So she's been uh, along this ride the entire time, which I think totally. probably makes it easier for her. Whereas, although, you know, there's something to be said for if you were already out there doing the speaking and that then met somebody, you know. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, I think it's important also to note that let's say people wanted to be a full-time speaker. You, you don't go from zero events on the calendar to 67 overnight. Like right. that just, it takes years and years to happen. So your first year, if you really hustle at it, um, I'll, I'll give you an exact example. Um, it took me, took me about 18 months to go from zero events to be able to speak full-time. I think speaking full-time meant I was doing probably around 30-ish events a year. Um, so it, it takes a while. So, uh, you know, sometimes people are like, well, you know, where's this leading? And, and I don't know that I want to do 67. Know that it's going to take some time and you'll kind of figure out what that limit looks like for you. And so for us as just as a couple, as a family, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a husband, but I also have three little girls. Um, so it's, it's me and my own little Barbie dream house. It's awesome. Absolutely love it. <laughs> and, uh, and newly made uh swing set this, this past week. Yeah. Yeah. I saw we, the picture. We, we got, uh, my wife, we just moved to Nashville and got a new house. And so my wife's like, Hey, we got to get a swing set for the girls. I was like, Oh my gosh, that sounds like a horrible construction project I'm going to have to do. I know squat about like hammers and nail and all of that. I just am clueless on. So, and normally like if we have to do like a huge assembly project, it, it doesn't end well uh, for the project or for our marriage or anything. So at the beginning of it all, my wife was like, she grabs my hand and she's like, Hey, it's going to be okay. We're gonna make it through this. So it took us about nine and a half hours, but we we assembled the swing set and it's, it's all standing and our marriage is intact. So all is well. Um, but like when you're when you're first starting something, you know, you it's it's okay to like look ahead and figure out okay where is this going, what's going to happen with this. But at the same time, again, realize like some of that you'll you'll kind of figure out as you go. And so for my wife and I, when we started and we had zero events on the calendar and we wanted to do it full time. What did full time mean? Like, did that mean 30 events? Did that mean 60 events? Did that mean 100 events? Uh, I know a few guys that speak at 120, 150 events a year. Uh, and on the outside looking in, I, I don't think I'd want to do that, but I'm not really sure. So now that I'm at a point where I am, like, I'm realizing what makes sense for, 
for me, what makes sense for us as a family, uh, and some of that you just kind of you figure out as you go. But I'd also say that like with speaking, especially, and I think this is true for a lot of things in life, is that uh, a lot of things happen in seasons. And so when there's some seasons where it's really, really busy, you know, I'm on a stretch where I was looking at my, my calendar this morning. This upcoming week is the first full week that I've been in town for like the past eight weeks. Uh, like the past eight weeks, I've had at least one or two events every week. Uh, so it's been busy. It's a busy season. But now we start to head towards summer. It starts to slow down a little bit. It slows down. Basically, after New Year's, nobody's booking speakers for anything. Uh, or after Thanksgiving until like New Year's, nobody's booking speakers. And so there's some seasons that are busier than others. If you're in retail, you know, November, December, it's really, really busy. But it's not like that year round. Uh, in the same way that, you know, if you're an accountant, April and tax time, it's really, really busy. But it's not always like that. As a speaker, there's some months it's really, really busy, but it's, there's also months where I'm spending a ridiculous amount of time at the pool with my family. So whatever that thing is, just just realize that it may not always be like that. It may just be a, a busy stretch that someone may find themselves in. So I think that I'm getting my answer here is that uh, to the question I haven't asked yet, which was uh, how do you balance that time where you're you know not just gone the 50 to 60 days a year, but the one or two buffer days front and back on that as well? Uh, how does that work out with you and the wife and the kids? Yeah, it's definitely it's a, a learning process and you kind of figure out what you know, what works and what doesn't. Um, so I have to kind of, I have to kind of recognize how many days I'm gone at a, at a time. Um, so I try not to be gone more than like two or three nights at the most. A lot of times I'm just gone a night. Um, and oftentimes my girls will track it by the number of sleeps daddy's gone. So if I'm getting ready to head to the airport, all right, girls, I'm going on a trip. I gotta go talk to some people. Um, and I'm going to be gone for two sleeps. And so they would tell you their favorite times is when daddy's gone for no sleeps. If nice. I can go speak, if I can just drive to an event, speak and be home that night, that's, that's the best possible event. Uh, so we track things in the number of sleeps. So if I'm gone, you know, six, seven, eight sleeps, that's, that's not healthy. That's not good. And I don't want to be gone that much. Um, so we try to keep things, you know, short uh, and compact there. Um, and also I try to be really, really intentional about whenever I'm home. I, I, I work from home, but I also try to just be fully present for my family. And try to be really intentional about saying, "Hey, let's you know, let's take the afternoon off and go to the pool." You know, I got to leave tomorrow to go on another trip, so let's you know, let's take today and go do something fun as a family. And so, just trying to build some of that that time in, because oftentimes I've found. That as an entrepreneur, the upside is we have enormous amounts of freedom and flexibility to to create the lives that we wanted. And this is oftentimes why we got into whatever we're doing in the first place is so that we would have some of that freedom and flexibility. But then so often, once we have that freedom and flexibility, we don't know what to do with it or we just continue to pour it into work. Whereas I try to regularly remind myself that you know, you, you wanted to create this, this, this life of freedom and flexibility so that you could spend more time with your family. You could take more adventures with your girls. Um, and so be really, really intentional about doing those things instead of just, you know, oh, I'm home. I've got a few extra minutes. So let's go back and check email. Um, that, that email will always be there, you know, and one of the things that, that's, that, that's really common about, about just work and life is like, there's always more to do. There's always one more email. There's always one more load of laundry. There's always one more podcast episode. There's one more blog post to write. There's one more thing to read. There's always more to do. But I know, I know for me, one of the things I say a lot in, in my, my talks is that who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are is more important than what you do. Because uh, we live in a, a world, we live in a culture where oftentimes your work determines your worth. 
So think about it. Like when you meet someone for the first time, you ask each other two questions. What's your name? What do you do? And as soon as someone tells you what, what they do, you make all types of assumptions, all types of judgments about them. You have an idea how much money they make, what side of town they live on, what brand of clothes they wear, what kind of TV shows they watch. You have all of these assumptions about them based solely on what they do. You know, I told you I'm a motivational speaker. And so you, you assume I live in a van down by the river. And, and I don't. <laughs> not, not anymore. We just moved out. Nice. Uh, and so, so realize that who you are as a person is more important than what you do. If, if you answer all of the emails, if you make everybody else happy, if you make a difference in everybody else, but you drop the ball as a husband, as a father, as a wife, as a mother, as a, if you are a shell of a human being, it's just not worth it. So make sure that you, you remind yourself regularly that who you are is more important than what you do. That's a great place to land on here. And in fact, one of the things that I think makes the struggle of trying to find that work that you love is that we do associate it, the work that is, so much with our identity and our worth versus the who we are. Oh, totally. 100%. That, that oftentimes, um, you know, our, 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 we view our bank accounts or what our job titles are or what kind of, uh, how big our house is or what brand of clothes we wear or what kind of car we drive. We view all of that as a, as an indicator or a measuring stick of how we're doing. And we just kind of look to the left and the right and say, Oh man, they've got a, you know, they got a bigger bank account. Or they've got more podcast downloads or they've got more viewers or they've got more fill in the blank, whatever the thing is. And so therefore, we strive to keep up with all of that, but oftentimes we do that to the detriment of our of the, the relationships, the people that really, really matter most to us. So if if I'm a great speaker, if I make a difference in everybody else's life, but if if I drop the ball or as a husband or as a father, like that's just not worth it. You know, there's a lot of people that are gonna have a lot of influences in their life that I may speak to. But my kids have one dad and they didn't even have a choice. They get they're stuck with me. My <laughs> wife, my wife picked me. Uh but and she's stuck with me too. I'm making sure she's stuck with me. And so we we I have to make sure that I'm really, really intentional about those relationships and that I don't sacrifice and burn those bridges or leave them in my wake in my own desire or quest to quote unquote be successful. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's definitely a lesson that we we need to keep to heart and uh as we, we as we do this seeking out of this this how to do work with meaning and purpose and picking the right work that's going to give us that meaning and purpose that the work itself is not what gives us all of our meaning and purpose in life so Sure. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with work. There's nothing wrong with working hard. Right. There's nothing oh, yeah. wrong with hustling and chasing a dream. But if you're just if you're just all consumed with it, that's where it's you, you start to and I, I find myself at times there's seasons where I'm kind of drawn into it and I'm working a lot. And I have to be able to just draw the line in the sand and say, Hey, no, 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 I'm done at this time or here. I'm there's times where I'll just I'll hand my phone or my laptop to my wife and say, don't let me touch this anymore. Just keep it away from me just to, nice. to help me to make sure that I'm, I'm fully present um, and that who I am does matter more than what it is that I do. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to steal that and say, here, it's, it's painful. Hide this laptop, please. <laughs> keep, it, keep it from me. Keep, uh, keep me. keep me from myself. Well, how can people find out more about you online? 
Yeah, everything we do is at grantbaldwin.com. Again, that's grantbaldwin.com. Uh, and then the, the podcast that you referenced is called um, uh, How Did You Get Into That? So you can find that on iTunes or, uh, or wherever you may be listening to, uh, to podcasts. But yeah, go check it out. Go scout through. If you want to hear more about my story, it's on episode one. But there's, there's so many cool stories of people that uh, we've been able to talk to. And again, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know that I'd ever do that type of career, but like, that's just fascinating that you're making a living from that. It's super, super fun. So definitely uh, stop by, check that out. And then in the future, actually in about a week, you and I are going to talk to people about making a change in their story. Yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, like we talked about a little bit at the top of the show that there's a lot of people that reach out and say, Grant, how do I become a speaker? You know, I'd, I'd love to do that. I've, I've spoken a few times or I've been on stage a few times or I've seen some people do it and it just immediately resonates and clicks. I feel like I have a message I need to share. How do I do that? What do I need to do? And so, yeah, we touched on a couple things here, but there's still so much more that we, we didn't have a chance to go over. So uh, Eric and I decided we're going to put on a just a free webinar um, for, for his listeners. And um, it's a webinar called How Do You Get Booked and Paid to Speak? And so uh, we're going to go through, I'm going to teach you everything that I know about how to get booked and paid to speak. So whether you are someone who's never spoken anything before and you're just trying to figure out how do I find events, how do I find decision makers, how do I contact them, uh, you're trying to figure out what do I talk about, what do I charge, all of those things. Maybe you're a veteran. You've been doing this for a little while and you've been speaking a few times here and there. Maybe you've got paid a few times, but you're trying to figure out how do I up my game? How do I, how do I go from this thing I'm dabbling in to making it full time? Or how do I go from full time to charging more? Uh, either way, th- this is going to be for you. Uh, it's a, just a week away. So, uh, or probably less than a week away, depending on when people are listening to this. So make sure that you, uh, you register for that. You sign up for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's totally free as well. So we're going to have a good time. Yeah. So the link, if you want, if you're interested in that, the link for that will be beyond the t- todolist.com slash speaking. Pretty easy to figure out. So sweet. if you're driving, if you're running, if you're working out, whatever, just bookmark right there. Come back to this or uh, hit uh, share on your uh, phone and, and tell people about it or something. I don't know. Tell yourself about it. But uh, yeah, beyond the todolist.com slash speaking. I do that frequently where I'll email myself a link or something or email myself just to, 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 to remind myself later to, to check out something. So yeah, hit the share button and then share it with yourself. There's nothing there we, we don't We don't find it socially awkward at all. No, not at all. Tweet yourself. <laughs> that, that becomes a little more public for everyone else. Uh, yeah, that's true. Anyway. <laughs> all right, Grant, thank you so much. And uh, I can't wait to uh, talk with you again. Eric, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Looking forward to uh, hanging out with you and and your peeps uh, in just a few days. So we'll see you then. See ya. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? I I really enjoyed that conversation myself, personally. I always like learning how people get into the things that they get into. So it's cool to get the behind the scenes on how somebody who talks to people about that thing got into the thing they got into. My head is spinning from meta. Anyway, won't you join me and Grant for our live webinar, go to beyondthetodolist.com slash speaking, and you can find it there. Don't forget my tool of the week, my lynda.com course suggestion. You can go get up to speed right now with Google Photos. Go to lynda.com slash t-o-d-o. Lately, there's been a ton of cool new ratings and reviews coming in for the podcast. Thank you so much, those of you who've been doing that. If you've been thinking, I should get around to doing that, well, it's easy. Go to beyondthetodolist.com slash iTunes to show the show some love. Thanks for listening. See you next episode.
Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast. Theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome. Laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting, marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.